it's been a little while, but the, uh, I don't know, what do we call ourselves? Not a dynamic duo because there's three of us, but uh, Justin McIsaac, that's me, Dave Haley, and the big cat, Kevin Wentworth, the the, the hidden gem of media on the seacoast uh, in New Hampshire, possibly in all of America, uh, have reunited once again for, uh, our. this is our sports movie podcast. You may recall Dave Haley, and actually I should qualify that, right? Uh, because it's our non-Rocky movie sports movie podcast because the three of us, Really broke down the Rocky movies in a way which hasn't been done before or since. And, and uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Dave, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. First, I want to thank Buffalo Wild Wings, who, you know, who we want to support. They're still doing takeout, but we're looking forward to getting back to the locations that support New Hampshire High School sports in Rochester, Newington, Concord, Manchester, and Nashua. I can't wait. So we can get back in there. We're gonna have a little. Uh, we're trying to do a Spalding semifinal girls W party, you know, a, a watch party. Justin McIsaac, uh, state champion Spalding, state champion huh? Spalding. Put some respect I'm on their name. About yeah, we're not getting into that. So, uh, <laughs> yes, co-champion Spalding. There you go. So we, we, we want to uh, support our sponsors at Buffalo Wild Wings, but very, very, very important to kind of get this right out there. None, we're, we're ranking today our top ten each sports movies of all time. Rocky has been disqualified from the list because we already broke it down. Kevin, how long how long was that podcast? Like an hour? That was a long one. It was, it was, a, it was a good deep dive. I, you know, the, the reason we can't do it on this is, I mean, we could do a top 16. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we can include Rocky. I don't know. With the, with, with the Creed movies, it would have to be like a top 18, right? Exactly. We we have a link to that Rocky podcast, uh, which uh, is the most American thing you'll ever hear in your entire life. And uh, on there, it's a, give that a listen during quarantine. But yes, today we rank our top 10 sports movies each. And I have a weird feeling there's going to be a lot of different choices amongst the three of us. Yeah, I think the uh, well, I, I think Big Cat is the youngest among us. Is that is that correct, uh, Kevin Wentworth? Yep. Yeah. So big, I won't I won't reveal your name. Your age. 40. Oh yeah, under forty. Yeah. Okay, I'm uh, I'm 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 uh, forty two, and Dave Haley is well. D- Dave doesn't talk about his age in public, so we won't reveal it. Just that he's a smidge older than me. Ancient. Oh yeah, he never asked, and a gentleman never tells. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So uh, so let's just just hop right into it. So we're each going to reveal uh, starting at ten, and I and and you know I'll let the the most handsome of us go first. That would be the big cat. Face the radio right here. Um, <laughs> So my uh, my choice for number ten might be controversial, but uh, the underlying theme to all my movies it's going to make sense kind of at the end when they're all tied together. Uh, I went with Beer Fest. Beer Fest. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Opinion, please, please state your case for Beer Fest. I, I, I plan on it. In my opinion, a good sports movie is going to inspire you to go out and play the sport or do the event that's in it. You know, like some of the classics I'm sure we're going to talk about, like once you watch it and you, you see the, you hear the theme music and you see the the, uh, the coming together of the squad, you get out there and you want to start shooting hoops or, or hitting, hitting some long balls. Uh, beer Fest makes me want to do that, but it makes me want to just drink a lot of beers. Okay. It, re- it inspires me. I feel like we're already there during quarantine, but that's just me. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, Go ahead, Justin. Sorry. Go. I was going to say, I'm hearing your argument, and I'm not finding a lot of flaws just yet. Now, you can, you can kind of did uh, you can kind of take umbrage. What is the sport in this sports movie? I guess would be my question, Big Cat. Quarters? They, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of beer. There's some beer pong. 
So they they use ping, and they use ping pong paddles in their version. So if you're a ping pong guy like Forrest Gump was, then uh, you know that that's the case right there, in my opinion. They all you know they have uniforms. Mm-hmm. There's a training montage. Um, okay. There's the coming the team coming together montage. There's a lot of the underlying teams there that you're looking for. Checks a lot of the boxes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a team coming together montage. In Fierfest, where does Fierfest take place? Is it in Germany? Where does it take place? Some Colorado, some Germany. Okay. It's kind of, <laughs> in that aspect, Big Cat, it's kind of like when Balboa goes to uh, Russia on Christmas Day, right? True. Sure, absolutely. And this is no this, money. This is the movie that uh, uh, one of the qualities I think a sports movie has to have is something memorable. This is the movie that gave us the boot, right? Yep, that's boot. Yeah. So yeah, drinking from the boot, Dave. You, have you seen this one, Dave? This is actually a quality movie. Uh, this is a source of contention between my uh, my 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 best buddy Wade Graham and I. I've never gotten through Beer Fest the entire movie, and he is oh absolutely disgusted in that fact. <laughs> and now I believe I can hear over the phone that Kevin Wentworth is also disgusted in me. You, I've you never gotten through. You don't have an extra movie. seventy-four minutes in quarantine to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy preparing my list. It's got the right runtime and everything. <laughs> my goodness! All right, so that, there's there's a, there's a big cast number ten, a controversial pick out of the gate. Uh, I guess I'll go next, and my number ten, maybe some more controversy, uh, c- controversy in English. Uh, I'm going with uh, Dodgeball, uh, featuring uh, uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, uh, the Average Joe's, the Global Gym, uh, Chuck Norris. Uh, and ESPN 8, the Ocho, which ultimately became an ESPN vehicle. Once in a while, they'll do the Ocho. Uh, go ahead, tear it apart. What do you got? Uh, what's what was your uh, what was the most emotional scene for you? Was it when they the guy in the wheelchair threw a wrench at their face? What, what, what was the most emotional? Scene I think for you? it was when Lance Armstrong uh, talked Vince Vaughn into going back and not quitting the team. This is pre doping scandal, uh, Lance Armstrong. Even though we all kind of knew. Yeah, I think we kind of know. And and also, uh, Chuck Norris allowing the match to continue. That come on, that was a tearjerker right there. That yeah, that could have gone either yep. way. Dodgeball uh, to me, uh, like I said, sports movies got to have a couple of things you remember. Uh, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Uh, that's that. I mean, how many, how often yeah. does that get said? A lot. Uh, also, uh, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. That is you. That that's yeah. that's forever right there. It, I, I it was near, that line at least twice a week. <laughs> it, it was nearly a career-ending uh, performance by Ben Stiller. I, I feel like he really, really, really went after that role. He dove into it, and uh, I'm not sure we ever saw the same Ben Stiller ever again after that. Film. A lot of sim- a lot of similarities between um, that guy from Globo Gym and Tony Perkis from Heavyweights. I don't know if you guys you guys might be a little too old for that movie. But... <laughs> wow. But you guys are going in a real different direction that I, I, I'm starting to think that I won't have that many. Uh, this, is, this is the most subjective of subjective lists. I mean, there's, I can there's, there's going to be some groaners on here, I have a feeling. Okay. All right. Am I up? Dave is up, yes. Nope. All right. I went, uh, I went with Major League as my number 10 sports movie of all time. I college, back in the day, uh, you, had like, you had like the VCR – and there were, like, VCR tapes, and there were, like, three VHS tapes in your dorm room, and you just watched those over and over and over again. I think I've seen Major League 172 times. In a related story, I didn't get very good grades my freshman year of college at Keene State College. Um, but 
You talk about the Cleveland Indians. I love the fact that it was like the real Cleveland Indians against the Yankees. They didn't do like fake teams like they do in some movies because they can't get them. They can't get the the trademark rights for you know Major League Baseball wouldn't allow it or whatever. Um, I mean Willie Mays Hayes, Wilson Ricky Vaughn coming in throwing heat. Uh, Bob Euchre in an all time performance with a bottle of gin next to him at all times. Um, and and you get your emotional peak at the end of the movie when they beat the Yankees. Uh, just a fantastic movie all the way around. And Charlie Sheen being Charlie Sheen. I can't believe you think so, there's nine sports movies that are better than Major League. I'm just stunned so that we, that's at number 10. We did agree We did agree before we started this, for everyone listening, that if you have a film higher, we're not going to – you're going to give your reasons higher. Obviously, McIsaac has up there higher. Um, I did put it at number 10. I absolutely love this movie. Kevin, your thoughts? I just if you if you gave a, uh, your number ten that high a praise, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about your other nine. <laughs> I have a lot of good things to say. I have a lot of good things to say. The, the positivity is overwhelming in this time that we need it. This, so uh, it's a fant- It's one of the most rewatchable movies. Now, now let me pose this question to you. I got on when Bill Simmons used to do his mailbag back in his Digital City days. I I submitted a question by email to Bill Simmons, and he actually answered it. My question was. Since you have to have one, at least one representative from every American League team on the All Star team, who from the Cleveland Indians on this team would have been the All Star? Oh, let me see. Um, so at the All Star break, they were kind of they were starting to come around. Pepper starting to come around, but they hadn't quite come I, around yet. I, uh, I will say that Bill Simmons. I disagree with what Bill Simmons said, so I'm interested. He's a Dorn, didn't he? I, uh, he did say Roger Dorn. That okay, I could right. buy that be, only because um, he's he's been a, an All Star before. I think they referenced that because he had the big free agent contract. It's either him, Jake Taylor, maybe not Willie Mays Hayes. Depending, we don't know what his stolen base stats were at that point. But one yeah. of those three, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if Willie Mays Hayes was putting up Otis Nixon numbers, then he probably could have been. <laughs> Let's hope he was putting Otis Nixon numbers on the field and not off the field. You know, what? Had you know, you know who it was? Honestly, it was probably Eddie Harris because he was yeah. he was steady. Yeah. He was, you know, he wasn't spectacular, but people knew him. He'd been in the league about seventy five years at that point. It was probably the, the correct answer is probably and I don't know if it was Eddie was his name really Ed Harris? Yes. I I'll <laughs> bet you Eddie Harris was probably like eight and eight and seven at the all star break with yeah. like absolutely. Derek Lowe is a starter number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The reason I didn't agree with Roger Dorn is that if they reference in the movie after a slow start, he's really picked it up in the second half. Oh, okay, yep. He was probably down like two thirty going into the break. Just a just a phenomenal, you know, the, it, the you know, Serrano with the with the uh, with the home run. It's just a, just an absolutely terrific movie. So that's my number ten is Major League. This movie's got to come up again later on. I have, maybe there, more than once. There, I have a feeling. Yeah. There are no beers or wrenches thrown in my movie, so there's no beers in Major with. League. Really? Uh, uh, I, beg, I beg to differ, my man. <laughs> a lot of one night stands in Major League, but no wrenches being thrown, so it is what it is. All right, Big Cat, you're at number nine. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Remember the Titans. Ah, uh, Titans. Um, probably one of the more uh, serious movies on my list. Just do a little spoiler alert there. Um, you know, it's got let's say you know all the same like tropes that uh, that carry a, a decent sports movie in my mind. Um, excellent music, loosely based on a true story. Um, Very loosely. If you don't get, <laughs> you don't get goosebumps uh, when Gary Birdier makes the big point after he uh, ta- at the opposing coach after he tackles somebody, then uh, you don't have a pulse. <laughs> um, 
that's you know like the and then the heartbreak of the car accident. Um, Which really happened? What a downer! Yeah, that really happened. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think it, um, did it happen after the game in real life? Like after the season? I think. The, yeah, but and then he yeah. died. He got in another car crash when he's paralyzed. Oh wow! His friend and died. Gary Bertier. That's a uh, that, so, the most. That's a rough run of luck right there. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I remember, uh, and I'll let, McIsaac, I'll let you talk about this for five straight minutes. You said Ray was your favorite character in Remember Titans. Why was that? Oh, you you like Ray the racist. Stop it. Knock it off. Uh, <laughs> this, this That's just, how rumors get started. This just missed for me, Big Cat, but it, it's a quality choice at number nine. I, I, can't, I can't take umbrage. I, I think one of the uh, – the, two of the the things that stand out for me is one when they come out warming up, uh, you know they're gonna warm up their style, and uh, I, I if you don't fist pump when Denzel hands the opposing racist coach the banana at the end of that game, that's that's a yeah suck yeah. on that. I love that part. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, this is in my top ten. It's coming up in mine, but uh, it, it, the one problem I had was Coach Yo saying we're gonna blitz on every single play. I think that was. <laughs> Paul McGuire strategy. You blitz I remember, like, on a Sunday night. <laughs> it was a Sunday night football game where Paul McGuire and Phil Sims were the both the color commentators. And once a game, at least Paul McGuire would say something ridiculous, and Phil Sims would just go, "No, no, you can't do that." And he's like, "They should blitz on every play." And Phil Sims like, "No, they'll just throw over the defense." What are you talking about? I sort of felt that way about Coach Yost. And then the guy Ed, what was it? Ed uh, Ed Henry, the famous coach at the end. He falls for a double reverse from eighty yards out with no time to go. When you least ex- when you least expect that's, it. Yeah. That's the perfect time. Been setting it up all night. <laughs> Definitely a top ten movie. All right, McGuys, if you're number nine. All right, my number nine uh, is uh White Men Can't Jump. Uh which mm. anytime this is on, I, I, I'm in for the rest of it. Um it, it, first of all, it's got uh, a, a big Jeopardy subplot, which a lot of people forget about. Uh, and, and, yeah. to, and to me, that 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 just reels me in. It, it's uh, how many different things uh, uh, that, that that Sydney says uh, are still get said on basketball courts today. Hard, I guess I'll have to bleep myself. Hard goddamn work making you look this uh, this bad. Stuff like that. I mean, this uh, the king and duck at the end where they have to overcome the legends. The gambling subplot, the seven foot rim that Billy Ho dunks on at the end. I mean, it, it's got it all. This movie was kind of special to me. This, so this was the one right outside. This was my number 11, if we had top 11. It's it's fantastic movie. I actually moved out to um, – I go. I went to school for a year in Santa Barbara when I was 20, living with my brother, and I played who basically out in California. A lot of these same things, and a lot, a lot of these things actually happen on the court out there. It's an outstanding movie. Uh, we find out that Woody Harrelson is, like, legit good at basketball. Like, he's legit. He's legit. Wesley Snipes legit is not, but Woody Woody Harrelson's like really good. Rosie Perez was throwing ninety eight miles per hour on the on the corner of the plate in this movie. This is peak and, Rosie uh, Perez, right? This is her uh, peak. Yeah, peak. At the peak of her peak powers. Rosie Perez. Kevin, your thoughts? Uh, you can't go wrong with it. This just missed for me only because it's a little like before my my time, I guess. Uh, kind of like you know slipped through the cracks or wasn't like a classic when I started watching it. Like, I can't argue with it at all. Yeah, I just remember Rosie Perez with uh, uh, what is it, vegetables that start with the letter Q and just like ripping what is through it, the Keats? Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> Keats. 
<laughs> oh, and this this also yeah. has like uh, one of the things I still whenever Jimi Hendrix comes on, like no, you can you can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. You cannot live. Yeah. You. <laughs> it's things like that, like like stuff like that sticks out for me. That's oh, it's, just, it's just such a great movie all the way around. And Dave, you, hard hard to hard to explain to people who weren't around in the early nineties how big this movie was at that point. It was huge, and it was it was just that was outdoor basketball. Like I, I think there was just a lot more pickup ball. I'm not going to get into our kids are different today than they were back then, but like there was. There was less going to gyms back in those days. It's been well documented. It was more like you, you, you went to, you know, you got a buddy, you put a basketball in the back of your car, and you drove to hope you hope to find like two guys in their thirties, you know, playing one on one, so you could play two on two against them. There's a lot more pickup ball, and in Santa Barbara, when I lived out there, it was every day starting at three o'clock. You would just get there, and you would have a group of five, and if you won, you stayed on until you lost, and if you lost. You were done. Like you, you wouldn't get back on the court for another hour and a half. So those games were like we would play the nine, and it was you know you always had like the surfer guy who could do nothing but hit threes, and he screwed you up because he's he's getting two points when everyone else is getting one. It was pretty analytics, uh, big cat. And uh, but I mean, I literally played on a court in Santa Barbara where if you threw the ball out of bounds, it was on the sand. So it was. This movie is really special to me. It's an it's an all if you haven't seen it and you're a kid listening to this, it's an all time, all time movie. All right. So that's my number nine. Dave, what do you got at number nine? I have Tin Cup at number nine. And I know Tin Cup is controversial because some people hate the ending. Uh Roy McAvoy hitting the ball into the pond about nine straight times. But I think it's a great, great sports movie. If I'm, I like the characters in it. It's just like well set up. Kevin Costner is really, really good in this movie. Um, Don Johnson as as the dink uh, rival in golf is just absolutely fantastic. And talk about like rewatchables. If you're sitting on your couch, which is what we're doing a lot these days, and you come to the part where he's about to get to the second round of the U.S. Open, where he shoots like he breaks the record, I'm all in for the rest of that movie. I just think it's. But I think a lot of people don't like it because the ending. I, I still like it. What do you guys think? I have, I have a confession to make. I've never seen Tin Cup start to finish. Really? Yeah. Just, just one of the ones. That and the uh, the other Kevin Costner one slipped by me, the one where he's pitched the perfect game. Those two, for some reason, For love of the seen. game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay not, not seeing that one. Tin Cup I haven't seen in a long time. It was, I, it was one of those ones where, you know, I had to – with a little bit more time, maybe I would have gone back and watched it to see if I could have stuck it onto the list. But I'm, I'm a big Don Johnson guy, so, you know, like that, to me, that that's a – you can't find fault with it. You're a big Miami Vice guy, big cat, or where did the Don Johnson love come from? Was it his, was it his hit song heartbeat that, that brought you on in the 80s? Uh, did you ever see Nash Bridges? Oh. <laughs> did you, Big Cat? Did you start watching that when Stone Cold Steve Austin had a recurring role? Is that what happened? Do I even need to answer that question? <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things to look for in Tin Cup is they have some great cameos. Phil Mickelson uh, is in it. Uh, Craig Sadler. There's oh, a bunch of like really really good golfers in it. But they, for some reason, they have Peter Jacobson as the guy he's trying to be in the U.S. Open. And Peter Jacobson is playing the final round of the U.S. Open in Dockers that my dad would not even wear. Like, they're just straight out, like, plaid Dockers. And I'm like, Peter Jacobson didn't realize this was being filmed. It's just, it's, it's genuinely 
bizarre. It takes you out of the scene in the moment, like what he's wearing on the golf course. It just completely throws me off. Peter Jacobson, fashion legend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Big that's Cat. My, uh, that's my number nine. That's number nine. That's 10 cup. All right, uh, Big Cat, we're up to number eight. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, another football movie, uh, Any Given Sunday. Uh, this, t- t- so this came out uh, when I was in high school, so you can imagine how awesome a uh, 17-year-old me thought this movie was. Um, Lawrence Taylor, uh, Al Pacino before he got like really weird looking. Um, there, Jamie Foxx <laughs> was just becoming a star. Like the music, like there's some outcasts on the soundtrack. LL Cool J, um, yeah. Yeah, some pretty incredible cameos. As Johnny Unitas was an opposing coach, um, Oliver Stone as, as the uh, as the play by play guy. There's some there's there's some awesome things about Ca- this movie. Cameron Diaz might not have aged as the owner, incre- yeah. yeah, yeah, might not have aged incredibly well, but uh, it, it'll it's just one of those ones you, you know you, you get the built in sentimental value because this, like I said, for a for a 17 year old guy was pretty much right where you wanted to be. I, I have this at number seven, so just a little bit above you. So we, we can, but uh, but yeah, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. the The only thing that kind of stinks about it is the the you know the the weird uh, team names they have to use, like the Miami Sharks and the uh, yeah. I don't even know what Dallas yeah. was, but uh, but yeah, uh, James Woods in a tour de force performance as the scummy doctor, yeah. which uh, yeah. which uh, the the more time goes by, the more I have a feeling he wasn't really acting in that movie. He was just being himself. <laughs> But what a, yeah, what a, what a great movie all the way around. Yeah, I, I, I think James Woods was was trying to kill the entire the entire <laughs> Miami Sharks team because they were a team based out of Miami, and they decided to have black on black uniforms <laughs> in the ninety degree sun. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a reason that the Miami Dolphins wear white at home. It's like, what are you? Were we trying to soak up every bit of the sun? The other famous thing about this movie was that LL Cool J and Jamie Foxx actually got in uh, two things about this movie. Actually got in a fist fight? Did you know that? Oh, really? They yeah. actually got in a fight? Yep. yep. And my favorite, P. Diddy, was the number one choice to play the role that Jamie Foxx did, but was not athletic enough to throw the football <laughs> oh, my God. to replace him. Talk about an all-star cast, though. I mean, uh, Charlton Heston's in this movie at some point. Um, yeah. Randy uh, Quaid. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Sorry, as, uh, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Dennis yeah, Quaid. it was Randy. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about this scene at the end? What is it? The uh, like the, the the last game of the year where uh, somebody loses an eye on the field, and if depending on which version of the movie you're watching, they'll like show the eyeball sitting on the turf. Yeah. That was a little bit yeah. much, but. Yeah. It, and, and uh, yeah, Pacino's speech, uh, the, uh, the the one inch speech, or the the you know, or that yeah. fight for that inch, that's an all timer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oliver Stone also graduated for the M Night Shyamalan. I'm going to put myself in every one of my movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you're always going to find Oliver Stone in his own movies. He, he makes sure he gets himself right in front of the camera. <laughs> I almost neglected. I almost neglected to mention Big Cat. How about Jim Brown as a defensive coordinator? The fir- the first thing where he's screaming about his third string quarterback is not going to do anything is one of my favorites as well. Yeah, Jim Brown had a nice little acting career there. Yeah, Matthew Modine post Vision Quest in this movie too. <laughs> uh, and, and the and the guy the guy who played Latimer in the program. Yes, obviously continued his football career. <laughs> his his 
his acting career ended once he didn't need to roided out football players. He had no role to play. <laughs> pretty much yeah. I guess. J- Jim Brown yeah. answering the question, who started both the Dirty Dozen and Any Given Sunday? That, he, there's one guy, and it's him. So there you go. That's right. Uh, so I had that Fresh at seven. Mars Attack. <laughs> you can skip my seven, but my number eight is, uh, and Dave probably won't like this. He doesn't like fun sports movies. He only likes serious ones. Uh, I have the Water Boy coming in at number eight. Uh, with Bobby oh, Boucher Brown. and the uh, South Louisiana State Mud Dogs, uh, who uh, made it all the way to the Bourbon Bowl on the strength of this defensive juggernaut. Uh, do, how many things do I have to say about the Water Boy? Not many. The, the, uh, things uh, things that the Water Boy is still used in football today. Was it Dan Fouts? Uh, can't hold anything back. Last play of the game. Uh, just uh, I love my mama very much. Big Cat, you're with me on this one. I feel like. Yeah, again, it fell just outside of my top ten, but uh, I can't, you know, I, I kind of maybe a, one of the ones that I have regret about right now that I omitted. Uh, <laughs> when they, when Tom Sawyer by Rush starts playing at half oh. oh, get a little God. fired up when, when the water boy shows up, uh, that, that's a goosebump scene right there. Yeah, this this one fell just outside of my top ninety, um, and uh, but you do have you do have Jerry Reed. As the evil football coach, he was also the racist football coach. Remember the type? Yeah. Jerry Reed. Who knew? Typecast. <laughs> Typecast. And Henry Henry Winkler as a football coach is just, that's a joke in itself. That's I, the evil football coach is named Red Bollier, uh, by the way. Just put some respect on his name. And I'm sorry, I messed it up. The South Central Louisiana State, not South Louisiana State. The Mud Dogs uh, playing in the Bourbon Bowl. Come on. This is uh, this this smashed all the uh, sports movie cliches uh, together and added a, a dose of the good Adam Sandler uh, at the peak of his powers at this point. It, is there a Dan Patrick cameo in this one? There or? is, yes. Yep. But when they go to uh, when they when he says that Michigan tried using their towel boy and the results speak for themselves, and they show the little clip of him <laughs> getting murdered. Decleated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any more analysis of that as a sports movie, The Waterboy. You took this very seriously, David. Oh, comedies. Yeah, comedies. I don't have room for comedies. Get it out of here. All right, you're number eight, please, Dave Healy. Please stop acting like I'm angry about you. I'm doing fine with this. I'm going to be brief with my number eight. It's actually because uh, we covered it. Remember the Titans I have coming in at number eight. Uh, Allison Haley's number one sports movie at all times and she's only seen three but it's number one in her <laughs> new list of uh of top three trying to w- work her through the list she's got a ways to go is she can she uh turn into like a basketball prodigy like uh uh like like the girl that was breaking down defensive film is she gonna do that with hoops we're working on it we've been out there uh playing at the outdoor hoop when we can and uh she's getting into it uh she has the three sports movies she's seen are hoosiers um, the Bad News Bears, which we're going to get to, and uh, Remember the Titans. She has Remember the Titans number one. She was very happy about that one. I thought the daughter was sort of a little bit much. Did we really need the daughter in uh, in Remember the Titans? Did she just sort of, no? It, it, we need a little, her? A little comic relief in a movie that was very serious, right? you got to keep it on brand for Disney. That's true. That's a good See, Big Cat always has a, he always brings it back around. All right, so that's my number eight. All right, number seven. Go ahead, uh, Big Cat. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I guess, my third football movie in a row here, um, Rudy. Uh, you get the hell off this phone. Get off of this. Seven? Should not be that high. 
(laughs) Didn't make my top ten, but go ahead. Yeah, we know. We got you, dude. We know. Uh, (laughs) There's just there's a lot to love about Rudy in in it when you're a kid. uh, Rudy uh, Daniel Rudiger actually came and spoke at Portsmouth Middle School when I was a student at the uh, for a little motivational talk. Um, So this one, you know, near and dear to my heart. But uh, Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, um, the guy from Rock. That John Favreau. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. John Favreau has been uh, hes up and down over the years. It's been kind of a pleasure to watch. Um, but when they start, when the guys go in and, and uh, hand all their jerseys to, to the coach, who was also in Major League. Dan Devine. Chelsea Sorry, Ross, yeah. by the way. The great Chelsea Ross played him. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Eddie Harris, right? When, Eddie Harris, too. Yeah, when Devine gets all the jerseys and the look of just disgust on his face because these guys won uh, – Rudy, who is five foot nothing, uh, weighs a hundred nothing to get in the game, dressed for the game even, is uh, that's enough to get you fired up. And then when um, they start chanting at the end of the game, just goosebumps every time. Seen the movie a hundred times, works every time. I, 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 I'm, I'll, McIsaac, do me a favor for the sake of our friendship. We've been friends for a long time. Just keep it brief, or just don't say anything about Rudy and move along. Because I know what you're going to say, and I, I, I don't want to hear it. I, I'm going to get to Rudy later on. It's, it's, it's higher up on the list, but nice job, Big Chuck. Only because Joe Montana said the whole thing was a goof on, you know, that's, that, that's why I, I kick it off the list. Come on. Don't, don't give no, me a sap. The Rudy in real life is a little bit of a, a pain in the ass, <laughs> but the movie itself is, is fantastic. All right. Uh, my number seven, as we, uh, we already covered, was Any Given Sunday. Uh, what do you got, Dave, at number seven? The Karate Kid. Oh, too Is low. Is number seven? Too low. Yeah, so let me let me, let me me kind of give you the case for why it's at number seven, and then I'll let you guys kind of go to town on it. Recently rewatched this the other night with, with Allison, as I said. A couple of, couple of thoughts. Daniel LaRusso is really annoying. Really annoying. <laughs> to the point where it's not as easy to root for him the second time around. I think I was like in sixth grade when this movie came out, seventh grade or something, and... I had an easy time rooting for him, but not so much on the 70th viewing. He, I have no idea why Elizabeth Shue likes him. No idea. He has no friends. He gets in a fight in soccer practice first day. He gets in a fight on the beach the first day. Then he's got Elizabeth Shue, the cutest girl in school, saying, do you want to go outside? And instead of going outside with an adorable Elizabeth Shue, who we were all in love with at the time for the next four or five years of our lives, he decides to pull another prank on the Cobra Kai to get himself beaten within an inch of his life. And then the next time you see him at school, he's wearing, now trying to picture this outfit, a plaid shirt and camouflage pants. How, I ask again, was Elizabeth Shue interested in Daniel LaRusso from New Jersey? I don't get it. But that being said, utterly fantastic Pat Morita performance, an all-timer. He got nominated for an Oscar for this, you know. And even though Daniel LaRusso was a strange, strange dude with seemingly no friends in the entire school, uh, still just an all-time. When when they kick on to the the way they filmed that karate tournament was just unbelievable. I mean, with the music. uh, Joe B. Esposito. Big Cat, McIsaac and I played (laughs) You're the Best by Joe Esposito during our uh, NH Sports page preseason jamboree. And the look of utter confusion by the high school kids as they were warming up to that song is just something I'll take with me to my grave. But um, I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts on this movie, so I, I hand it over to you guys. 
I I think uh, it's a, I think it's I, I disagree with your placement just from a historical standpoint. Uh, your points about Larusso being a, a a real turd are are very well taken. In fact, there are several videos on YouTube uh, breaking down in detail why Daniel Larusso is actually the bad guy in this movie. Yeah, Johnny Lawrence was a bit of a pill. What do you think, Big Cat? Uh, can't find fault with with your placement again. Uh, great movie, one of one of my favorites. I just I didn't consider it a sports movie personally, and that's probably a, a, a you know, I'm spending too much time on the beer fest for the world, I guess. <laughs> but um, beer fest I'm, was a sports movie, but Karate Kid was not. I, I never, I never said that it was right, and just makes sense. <laughs> uh, I am a Martin Cove fan, so to see him, yes, yeah. is a, uh, you know, I got no, no issues with that. Um, I, it's a great movie. I, I can't argue with it. I, again, maybe I'm a little buyer's remorse on my list already, trying to need, need to do some shuffling around here. I, I don't think there's any – McIsaac, there's no way LaRusso gets by Dutch in the quarterfinals. Am I correct, right? <laughs> Dutch is the one that – no, that's not the one that injures him intentionally, is it? I I'm, I'm confusing my Cobra Kai guys. Dutch, Dutch is, Chad, is, is Chad McQueen, the, uh, the leg, son of the legendary Steve McQueen. He's got the dyed blonde hair. Looks like he's 27 years old in high school. And there's no right, way – All right, Pete, Chad McQueen? That doesn't really narrow it down for Cobra Kai guys. Bleach blonde hair look like they're 27. <laughs> for people enjoying, and last night was a lot of fun, the, the Michael Jordan uh, 96 Bulls documentary, the upcoming documentary on Billy Zapka and his four straight Oscar wins, beginning with this, um, <laughs> will be even better. It will be emotionally jarring and something that you'll treasure for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, Zapka became... The greatest actor of the 1980s, beginning with this turn as Johnny Lawrence in this film. Th- that begs the question. Just one of the guys. Uh, well, just you know, just one of the guys was yeah his his greatest role. I feel like, but that, does that make uh, Back to School a sports movie? Is that a sports movie? Because it does involve athletics at the end. That's that could be a good no. argument. Triple Indy. <laughs> Screw you, Melon. <laughs> I've been having some cramps. What menstrual? Like. <laughs> I don't. I, I think it was taken out of the sports movie category when Rodney Dangerfield made the biggest dive. <laughs> An extra springboard is being put in place. It also features Polly. So. <laughs> I always thought the funniest part of that scene, because why not? Let's dive into back to school. Is that <laughs> when they were on the dive team, everybody in the crowd was dressed like it was like an Ohio State Michigan game in November. Yeah. Like, was it? How cold was it? <laughs> Apparently, very cold at Grand Lakes University. Yeah, Karate Kid is uh, an all-timer. I also thought the ending was just kind of very quick. Like, they just kind of hand him the trophy. All of a sudden, Johnny Lawrence gives him the, you're all right, LaRusso. And the movie's over within, like, three seconds. And it goes a little quick at the end, but it's an all-timer. you got to save a little for the sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he goes to Japan, he gets picked on in Japan, too. No matter where this guy went on the globe, he got picked on. No yeah, what's what? the common denominator there? <laughs> 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 Sometimes when you've got problems, maybe you are the problem. That's right. Yeah. All right, uh, big. What, what number are we up to? Number six. Six. Uh, right. uh, I'm going to go with uh, slap shot. Ah, uh, uh, I don't know if this is going to make it for either of you guys. Uh, I would hope would at least got some consideration, but um, just uh, this, uh, just a classic, classic movie, classic comedy, classic sports movie. It's you know right in the middle of the uh, of the chart there. Uh, uh, Paul Newman's great. Uh, the Hanson brothers, foil in the gloves. Uh, old-time hockey coach Eddie Shore. Uh, 
Ogie Oglethorpe, the character, the list of characters, the uh, the angry French goalie. I love it all. You can watch this movie anytime. Yeah, see, um, yeah. oh, go ahead, Dave. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, I, I like Slapshot, not enough to put it in the top ten, but when they start doing the figure skating stuff at the end, I just, I don't know. I, I think I'm in the minority yeah. here, but I thought that was lame, and it kind of it didn't ruin the rest of the movie for me, but I was just like, nah. It also had that. Ducked some, ducked some points. Yeah, it had the 70s thing where it was probably like a half hour too long also. What was it, like two hours and 15 minutes or something? It's a long one, yeah. But when you have Michael Antkeen as one of your stars, you got to, you know, like, <laughs> get that screen time up. <laughs> Proud of you and H. That's right. He'll, he'll be very happy you mentioned him on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, what were your thoughts on that one, Dave? I, I, I mean, I, I didn't make my top ten, but it's an all-time classic. I think there's a lot of people that would have it in their top ten. Um, it's uh, I don't want to spoil what's coming next on my my, uh, my top ten, but it, it's up there. Uh, Slapstick's an all-time movie. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, so for, for my number six, this might cause some controversy. Um, some people might not think it's a sports movie. I tend to say, yes, it absolutely is a sports movie. I'm going I with, feel like Kevin already laid the groundwork with Beer Fest, so don't worry. Just uh, go right ahead. All right, I'm going with Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> now, God bless you. You can say this isn't a sports movie, and I could, you can make an argument that would, that would convince me. However, uh, the basketball team, the Beavers, uh, is is one of the main components of the movie. It's more. I think it's more than half of the movie is shown with, uh, with playing basketball. Am I wrong? Half oh. the movie is the basketball team; the other half is style. Yeah, so I agree. <laughs> and, uh, and, and by the way, did, did somebody, somebody broke down uh, how much, uh, how many points per game Scott would have had as the wolf, right? Did, did, wasn't there like a, an, an extensive breakdown of this? It easily topped anything Michael Jordan was doing. It looked like Jimmer Fredette in college at BYU was basically what his numbers looked like. Lost steals, a lot of steals. And how how old do we think Mick was in high school as a senior? 32 years old, former police officer at that point. This, what always killed me about this movie, which I don't have my top 10 because it's not a sports movie, but I'm happy to oh. spend the next hour breaking this movie down. How dare you? Is, is that some poor kid on, I think it was the Army team they were playing. It was bizarre. Like, you could see, like, Adidas had, like, sponsored all the uniforms. All the uniforms looked exactly the same for every school, <laughs> <laughs> except, they, except they were had the Adidas mark, and they had different colors. At some point, they had to huddle up, and some kid was like, I got the guy from Melrose Place. I got the guy eating it. I got Chubbs, the chubby guy, eating an apple. And some poor kid in the huddle had to be like, oh, I got the kid who just turned into a wolf. <laughs> and, I mean, that's that's hard. That's a, that's a tough match. Kevin Wentworth was one of the great lockdown defenders in the history of Portsmouth Men's League basketball. I don't know really how he would have even defended Teen Wolf running around out there. All five fouls, baby. So... <laughs> Couple of things about the basketball parts of this movie. One, when he first turns into the wolf, it's in the middle of a ten-person uh, grab for the basketball. How is the jump ball not called at some point during that big scroll? Slow whistle. Slow whistle. Very slow, slow whistle. whistle. Let, him, let him play. Let him play. And then he's allowed to dribble back into the backcourt. There's a backcourt violation before he throws down his first dunk. I guess. Yeah. I guess you're letting him play at that point. Uh, but- I. But how are, how are they playing this? The what was it? The state championship or the championship game at apparently like four o'clock in the afternoon uh, at the Beavers' home gym when the Dragons already beat them by like a million in the regular season? How does that work? This, this reminds me of last night when Allison 
was watching the, the, the Bulls documentary, and Dennis Rodman came on, and she goes, why is he wearing sunglasses? And I, I literally paused it. I go, honey, he has five nose rings, seven uh, tongue rings, and two lip rings, and you want to know why he's wearing sunglasses? How, how, about, how about the fact that the game continues when one of the players turns into a wolf? Turns into a wolf. Everybody, everybody seemed to be okay with that. Yes, you seemed to kind of get over it. When, yeah. When E.T. When e. <laughs> arrived in that California town, they shut down the entire town. Like, they, they quarantined everybody. Everybody had hazmat suits on. This kid turns into a wolf. He just keep playing the game. Listen, you got to play who's out there. Let's well, go. There's guard, some, guard him up. There's some wolf history in this town, Dave. His father turned into a wolf. There's a whole subplot with that. Come on. Right. They're, they're I, think, I think we... So, uh, I don't want to speak for Kevin Wentworth because, again, he was the defensive guy on our men's league teams. But Kevin, I don't think Team Wolf ever proved he could hit a jumper. He was more of a drive to the. He was more of a Dominique Wilkins. Would you agree? Or yeah, they should have left him out that like Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other part is when uh, when. Uh, and he's taking the the final free throw. Michael J. Fox, who literally can't, he's dribbling over his five foot four head the entire time. He looks like some kid in gym class waiting for the bell to ring. And they let Nick from the other from the Dragons, by the way, Nick yep. stand under the hoop while he's taking a technical. The guys that you and I have covered hundreds of games in our careers together in high school sports. Have you ever seen anyone allowed to stand under the hoop and stare down a guy taking a free throw? I feel like there's some officiating issues going on, and I'm not sure what state this takes place. Oh, it's in Nebraska, according to Wikipedia. Nebraska high school officiating leaves a lot to be desired, but uh, you're absolutely right, David. I do want to give one shout-out to Coach Finstock and how what a yeah. tight ship he ran, that's all. Bobby fin- Bobby Finstock, his rules for life, always get 12 hours of sleep, never play cards with somebody named after a med- major city. And I think it was never never date a girl with a dagger tattoo. A tattoo of a dagger. the other one? Yeah, you follow all that, and the rest of it's cream cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I also Just like Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure getting clutch minutes at the, uh, the end of these big games. He at one point is eating an apple in the middle of the game. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't look like it's on brand for a guy like for, for a guy like him to be much on an apple. Any port in a storm if you chub there, I guess. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you have for number six, Dave? All right, I, I went with one of the all-time greats, and that is the Bad News Bears, one of the all-time great sports movies. Uh, my daughter watched it, and her review was the coaches are really really mean. I'm like, yeah, you can't really coach. I was lucky enough to coach my daughter's seventh and eighth grade girls basketball this team, the team this year, and I was not allowed to show up drunk, swear at the girls, and make racist comments throughout practice. I, I, that was that was not something they wanted me doing around the kids. Morris Buttermaker, that's more of an all time, all time. That's more of a Kelly North Country Lee. thing, right? Oh, it's just this thing's <laughs> unbelievable. This movie. Have, have you rewatched Bad News Bears? And I mean, it's unbelievable. There's like coaches pushing kids around and screaming at them and. Tanner said something that if I ever repeated what he said or it came close to it, my career and the website would go black within a day. You'd never hear from me ever again. It is just unbelievable what happened in the 70s. But as far as a sports movie, it's one of my – Tanner, one of my favorite lines of that movie is Tanner when he has like a black eye and Coach Buttermaker goes, what happened? He goes, he got in a fight with the fourth grade. He's like, or seventh grade. He goes, who did he get in a fight with? He goes, the entire seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> I, That's my number six. I, 
I can't argue with it. I left this off my list only because I haven't seen it in probably 15 to 20 years. Uh, I just, oh. I, for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, a the, the, lot, lot of good stuff. The, Chico's Bail Bond sponsoring the team is, is yeah. uh, it's, it's iconic. Big Cat, have you seen it? Bad News Bears, yeah. It's spawned some great, some great sequels. Bad News Bears, great spring training, go to Japan, play in the Astrodome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they go to Houston. Yeah, <laughs> there was a uh, there w- there was a series too. There was a Bad News Bears series. I remember watching watching the reruns when I was a kid. I can't remember who yeah. played Butter uh, Buttermaker, but uh, it, w- it, w- it it left a lot to be desired from uh, the transition from the probably PG rated movie in the seventies, uh, which probably should have been rated R to uh, the, the the TV show. The the all time you know taking Pete Carroll off the hook of why don't you just give the ball to Marshawn Lynch at the one yard line to win the Super Bowl. The taking him off the hook as the all-time bad coaching move was why Rudy Stein was the guy that you put in as your reliever when Kelly Leap could throw the ball about 100 miles an hour from the outfield. Why why Rudy Stein was your pitcher against the Yankees? Still not quite figuring out why you just didn't put Kelly Leap at pitcher, but that's for Buttermaker. To, I'm sure Morris Buttermaker is no longer with us after the way he was – he was putting uh, Jack Daniels in with his beer before practice. Yeah, he wasn't making the best decisions, Dave. Maybe you answered your own question no. there. No, he definitely was not. <laughs> All right, well, what are we up to here? I'm, I'm losing track. Number five? Number five. All right, what do you got, Big Cat? Uh, I have uh, Major League, so we don't even spend a ton of time on it. Um, but, like, this to me is, like, my like my favorite thing about sports movies is the, the montages, the music. Um, the quotability, um, you know, uh, when you get Eddie Harris talking about Joe Boo, didn't age all that well, but still, you know, pretty funny. Um, the montage where they start winning all the games after the uh, after the All Star break, pretty it's pretty good run there. Um, so I, I, I had it a little higher than Dave. It's, it's yeah, I'm a fan. I still get a good chuckle anytime I see somebody with an Indians jersey '99 Vaughn, you know, the personalized jersey. Yeah, th- th- I'll tell you one thing that hurts this movie for me in the rewatching is that in the sequel, Major League Two, which was not a very good movie. I think I saw it twice, and I, I think after the second time I saw Major League Two, I said, mm, It's got its enough. moments. We're good. It had its moments. Is that they come back, and they say that they ended up getting swept. After they beat the Yankees, they got swept by the White Sox in the division series. That would kind of ruin the ending for me. Yeah. You can't hold that against this movie, though. That's yes, like a, I can, No, sir. you can't. No, you can't, sir. This, <laughs> I hadn't played the sequel until this one did well, I think. So, I don't know. It kind of ruined it for me. And they're like, they're like, they were telling, like, Willie Mays Hayes went, like, one for 21 in the Division Series. I'm like, what? Like, it kind of, like, ruined it for me. Well, that's because they replaced it. Omar Epps came in for, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. ruined it, yeah. That it was Omar Epson yeah. one for twenty one. No, all right, it's, it's an all time, all time. There's Kevin. There's no wrong answers except for McIsaac not having Rudy in his top ten. But other than that, everything's correct. That, that's so. the, that's the correct answer. Uh, all right, my number five. Uh, Big Cat may like this. Um, Dave Haley may not. I'm going to go with uh, the replacements starring Gene Hackman and Keanu Reeves, uh, as, Reeves well, as well as John Favreau. <laughs> Some uh, some Irish dude that was the kicker. Uh, this uh, loosely based on the 1987 uh, Washington Redskins strike team that actually beat the uh, strike-breaking Cowboys to, uh, that had crossed the picket line 
And I think that got Washington, uh, that, that win ultimately later on the season got them into the playoffs. But talk about, uh, talk about an iconic football movie. Uh, give me a Shane Falco, uh, Chicks Dig Scars, Pain is Temporary, Glory Lives Forever. He comes back from that devastating Sugar Bowl uh, performance uh, you know, where he basically was murdered. I think we all remember that. He's working on boats at this point. Uh, what, what, is, what, what do winners want at the end of the game? They want the ball in their hands. That's exactly what he tells Gene Hackman. Uh, you get Madden and Summerall somehow doing commentary for every one of these games, CBS or Fox. Had to, had to, had to pay for their lake house. Yeah, had yeah. to pay for their lake house. <laughs> I, I don't know if CBS or Fox just assigned them. Like You know how like Joe Buck uh, does all the Cowboys games? Maybe it was something like that. I don't know. But uh, what, what, a, what a tour de force performance. Uh, you can say The Matrix uh, was Keanu's best movie. I disagree. It was clearly the replacements in the Washington Sentinels, a place in my heart forever. Keanu Reeves with the all-time double plays as far as a lefty quarterback, Shane Falco and Johnny Utah. Just unbelievable. <laughs> and, and no, Point Break is not a sports movie because they played football on the beach, so please don't try to sneak it in there. But this is uh, – I don't know how they got Gene Hackman to agree to do this movie, but he's fantastic. He gives it a little gravitas that you get Gene Hackman in here. Yeah. Uh, he was a strong point in the movie, in my opinion. What were your thoughts, Big Cat? Uh, don't hate the choice. Uh, it's it's a watchable movie. It's on TNT every roughly every three weeks at ten o'clock at night. So uh, you can always catch some of it if you're interested. Um, John Favreau looking jacked. Uh, Kevin fashion. just ref- Kevin refuses to call him John Favreau. He's going with Favreau. <laughs> just sticking with it. You just gonna stick with it? Yep, I am. <laughs> there's 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 one minor sticking point I have. Otherwise, it's a perfect movie. But there's one minor sticking point. So at the end, when the uh, when the kicker is going to miss the extra point to pay off his gambling debts uh, against the uh, against the Dallas team, uh, this doesn't make any sense because the the gamblers would have had to. There's no way that the Dallas team was favored by less than I don't know 28 points. So uh, the the extra point is to win the game, or the, uh, the the field goal is to win the game. So they would have had to bet the money line. The gamblers would. Uh, because it would have been ridiculous. They were already would have had lost their bet at this point anyway. The, the money line must have been like minus twelve hundred, so they would have had to bet like twelve hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars on Dallas at this point. At which point it becomes useless to bet on the game. So that part made very little sense. But otherwise, perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, otherwise perfect movie. That's a really good point by you. Like another thing that didn't make sense to me in just a different film, but. Why is Grammar mad when Mike McGee beats uh, Teddy KGB? He gets yeah. his money back. Why is he angry? <laughs> Why he, is he mad? He really wanted to beat up Mike McGee for some reason, who, uh, who wasn't Worm. <laughs> he didn't want the 20 grand? He <laughs> wanted to beat him up? I guess. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I never understood why Grandma throws a chair. I'm like, dude, you just got $20,000. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, th- th- yeah I-, I never got that part either, but yeah. All right, uh, Dave. Any more thoughts, Big Cap, before we move on to five? I got no, no, no argument there. I'm, I'm ready to hear your number five. All right. This is an emotional punch I'm about to pack right here. My number five sports movie of all time is Young Blood, starring Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, as a Canadian minor league hockey team, a phenom, if you will, who didn't know how to fight. Just, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this. They had a Canadian goalie played by Keanu Reeves who has a French-Canadian accent for the first three lines he says and then just drops it <laughs> in the middle of the movie and never goes back to it again and just speaks American. <laughs> As louder, 
as the Mustangs coach in this one. Cynthia Gibb, who's one of those I had a crush on her when I was 13 years old, she's in the movie. Rob Lowe, you know, fighting in a hockey game was absolutely hilarious. And, and I mean this with all love and respect. If there was anyone who reminds me of Kevin Wentworth on a basketball court, it was Racky. The uh, Carl Racky, played by the legendary George Finn, former junior hockey league player who used to beat up everybody and nearly paralyzed Patrick Swayze in this movie. Everybody needs a good enforcer. McIsaac, please tell me you've seen Youngblood. I know I've seen Youngblood. I haven't seen it in so long that I don't feel uh, like I should comment on it because it's just been—it's probably been like thirty years since I've seen it. Probably since I was a little kid. I know. I I bet you you can rent it for about a buck seventy-five. Yeah, that's going to have to be a a, a weekend viewing because we we, we're running out of movies to watch. So I'm going to have to go back and check Youngblood out. But yeah, I I I feel shame here. Uh, 1986. It should be in my wheelhouse of things I've seen a hundred times. It's genuinely bizarre, like Rob Lowe, the whole thing with him is he's like really talented, but he can't fight. I guess he's basically um he's basically like, Oh god, what's the guy from the penguins who's really good but can't fight? Sidney Crosby? Yeah, Sidney Crosby. He's basically like a Sidney Crosby. And of course he's Rob Lowe. So he's prettier than any girl in the movie and he can't fight and then Patrick Swayze gets taken out by Racky, and for some reason this leads Rob Lowe to quit the team because he didn't know that there were legal hits in hockey. He goes home, his dad teaches him how to fight in a barn, and then he goes back for the end of the series, gets the game-winning goal, and then beats up Racky, which is about as believable as Jennifer Aniston wanting to marry Ben Stiller in, uh, in Along Came Polly, as far as movie scenes that you're just never going to believe. But it's an all-time, all-time movie. It's my number five. Big Cat, what were you saying there? You're going to discount somebody for training to fight in a barn? <laughs> oh. I just don't know how he. I just don't know people. how he left, went home, trained, and they got back in time for the end of the series. Maybe he, maybe he, maybe he climbed a Siberian mountain while being chased by a, uh, a Mercedes. Maybe that's how he did it. Oh, Canadian Rocky. Come on, yeah, this, Dave. This is so. We're, so we're now getting to our top four sports movies each of all time. It's very important to note that the Rocky movies are not in here because we already did a podcast <laughs> which you can click on, and they probably would have taken up the top four spots, and that would have meant that Major League and Tink Up wouldn't have been in my top ten. So, But now we're going to the top four, starting with the Big Cat. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Caddyshack. Nah, it's not a sports movie. <laughs> oh, is golf not a sport? What do you mean not a sports movie? <laughs> Absolutely a sports movie. It's a phenomenal movie. Big Cat, I apologize. Please go. It's phenomenal. I, that's the thing. Like, you know, the sports are probably secondary in the movie, but you can make that case for a lot of these movies. Uh, but there's, in my opinion, there's enough golf to uh, bring it into this category. Uh, it's just one of the I – don't, I don't know what I can or, or should say about this movie that would do it justice that needs to be said or that hasn't already been said. Uh, can I ask you a question? Sure. For the group? Was Ty Webb the James Harden of his time? Mm. Mm. Choked in the big moment, but was really <laughs> terrific leading up to it, but then choked in the big moment. Valid. Yeah. Well, right? James Harden, do, do we, do we, wasn't James Harden super hungover in that Spurs series or something like that? Did, we, did that ever come out? I think he was out with Bill, Carl Spackler, an all-time, all-time performance by Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, Judge Elihu Smales. You know, you can't beat a great short game. Maybe a little, maybe a little loose with the rules, but 
Uh, I, I just love Caddyshack. I could watch that movie any any get any day, any time, from any point. Uh, and you know, it's like I said, in my opinion, it's enough. There's enough golf in it to bring it into the category. McIsaac, your thoughts? Yeah, just uh, um, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's his his, his best performance, but if it's not, it's it's in the top two. Um, you could just show me all the. If you took all the Rodney Dangerfield stuff and just showed that, that that alone would be a fantastic movie. Um, I'll time it. Yeah, I took a swing. So, <laughs> um, I, I I didn't have it in my top ten only because I didn't think there was like enough sports in it. But I I, I can buy Big Cat's argument that there's enough golf. Um, really kind of torn on this one, but uh, as far as putting it into a top ten sports movies type type of deal, but uh, yeah, just fantastic. Anybody who hasn't seen it should see it immediately. It's. It's one of my. I would if we did top ten comedies of all time. It's absolutely in my mm. top ten of all time. Some of the lines when he, when Dangerfield gets a steak and he sees so there's still marks on it from where the jockey was hitting it. <laughs> it was one of the great lines. All time most quotable, I think, from this besides Noonan when you're golfing is the world needs dip stickers too. <laughs> my father, I think my father said that to me about a hundred different times when I was growing up. Just. Utterly fantastic movie all the way around. Chevy Chase, all these guys are just like in their peak. They're right coming out of like Saturday Night Live. So you got, I have no idea how Belushi didn't get in this thing, but you got, you know, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray and Brian Doyle Murray's in this thing as his brother. There's like a million different scenes. Just utterly fantastic movie. Do you take points off because of the bad sequel with Dan Aykroyd in the Bill Murray spot? I like Rocky Five. I pretend it never happened. Okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, Didn't I talk to somebody who said they saw it in the theater? Kevin, did you see Cat <laughs> in the theater? We lose Big Cat. No, God no, God no. no. Did you did you see Caddyshack Two in the theater? And if you did, did you ever see the girl you brought ever again? <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a Robert Stack fan. So, uh, you know, Mr. Garrick, that movie better than most. Aren't we all? Yeah. Unsolved Mysteries for Life. Uh, no, I never, I don't know if I've ever even seen that movie in its entirety, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're not, you're not missing yeah, anything. Yeah, you're yeah. smarter because, yeah. yeah you're, I was planning on keeping it that way. Uh, yeah. All right, McIsaac, what's your number four? All right, so my number four, which, uh, again, Dave will dislike, but I think Big Cat uh, may be with me here. Um, it's a golf movie. Uh, it's a little different, though. It's a, it's a little film called Happy Gilmore. Which uh, I feel is Adam Sandler's finest hour. Saw this in the theater uh, at the Lilac Ball. Couldn't wait for it to come out. Uh, j- uh, how, how many how many different things from from Happy Gilmore still get said uh, uh, in in sports in general and on golf courses? Um, Shooter McGavin, the ultimate heel, uh, who's just just fantastic, just buys Happy's grandmother's house uh, just so he can turn it into a parking lot. Uh, wagers the house somehow on the final round of the Masters or whatever they call the uh, uh, the tournament there. Uh, just, and Bob Barker getting in fist fights. Uh, Apollo Creed showing up as Chubbs, inspiring Happy Gilmore. Uh, every kid, uh, well, who was a teenager at that time, tried the Happy Gilmore golf swing uh, to little little to no effect. Just an absolute uh, absolute uh, perfect film. I know I've said that about three different movies, but uh, I, I stand by that. Big Cat, uh, I actually have that uh, for my next one, so not yeah. much I can really argue with here. Not even, not really much I can even add. I think he covered it all, really. Um, the Subway reference always, always makes me chuckle. Um, 
Richard Go- Steele from Jaws, great R.I.P. Great, yep. great cameo. Uh, yeah, I, I, how do you add to something that's been so well said already? Kevin Nealon as the uh, trying to help him out there in, the, in one of the opening rounds. Um, oh my goodness! It just I, I could go on and on about this film. And, and it's not a movie; it's a film. Let's just be clear. How, how come I'm being portrayed as the bad guy in this top ten? Because I don't have Adam Sandler movies in my top ten well, sports maybe, movies. Maybe that's something you should think about, Dave. I guess so. <laughs> when uh, I will, my, my final thought on this. We we all knew it was coming, but when the uh, when the uh, oh, rock and roll uh, part two part hits and the uh, you know when Happy starts his comeback in the final round, I mean it was it, it was like we were at uh, the the people in the theater. It was like we were at a, prof- a a heavyweight fight. People just cheering their heads off. It was fin- It was it was amazing. We all knew it was coming. We all loved it anyway. Yes, fantastic movie. No, I'll give it that. I didn't have it in my top ten, but I'll give it there. Uh I had it number four. I had The Natural at number four all time. Saw this in a theater in Meredith with my dad. I was pretty young at the time. I remember in the moment as a kid being very confused that uh, that The Natural had been, Roy Hobbs had been shot by some woman. I didn't understand why that was necessary to a baseball movie. But uh, the whole scene where he finally gets called up to the, the New York Knights um, starting with his home run where he knocks the cover off the ball, all the way to the end of that thing where it's pretty clear he can't play in the game anymore. Uh, I never bought Glenn Close as the, the, the young girl, quote-unquote, that he was Glenn Close, looked like she was 45 and she was supposed <laughs> to be 17 in the movie. But but at all time, all time, all time, and of course, the lights at the end of the movie. I and mean, as far as sports movies, I got it at number four. Yeah. Um, I actually have this as my number two. I have this as number three, so yeah, it's we're all okay. we're all kind of in the same ballpark here. But I, I do have to take umbrage, Dave. His first hit was a triple, not a home run. They hit the cover off the ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wilford Brimley as uh, pops. I should have been a farmer. Um, uh, yeah, unclear uh, where he was for twelve years after he got shot uh, by the by the yeah. woman that was stalking the Whammer, not Babe Ruth, the Whammer. Um, yeah, Don Baker, cult, cult Joe Don Baker, <laughs> which I guess that's based off a true. That, that that part's based based off a true story. Some woman was murdering athletes in like the 30s or 40s or something like that. Um, but you yeah, get away with it back then. Yeah, it was a simpler time. Um, I actually have a, a, a mock Roy Hobbs jersey I got from some Chinese website, a New York Knights one. Uh, that's how much I love this movie. I, I guess in the book, uh, he strikes out at the end. The book's kind of a bummer, but they, they, they switched it up a little for the movie. And yeah, how, how, does it get any better than that music playing when he hits the home run and and the you know the radio play by play guy in the background while he's bleeding from the you know whatever the stitches or the gunshot wound and the the sparks flying everywhere. Oh, good! I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. We're we're the Thanks number the nine New because of Ted Williams. What say that again, Kev? Thanks to the New York Yankees for bastardizing that music. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Oh, good grief! As if they hadn't ruined enough things. Um, the number nine taken for Ted Williams. The swing to. To, uh, by the way, do you ever look at Ted Williams' numbers? Have you ever gone back and looked? And of course, he lost. <laughs> They're obscene. Like four or five years in the middle of his career. Have you seen Ted Williams' numbers? <laughs> they're ridiculous. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're silly. That's how good they are. It's, it's ridiculous. He was hitting like 344 with like 38 home runs. Like every year, he was ridiculous. But this movie, definitely as far as like you want the goosebump scene at the end. And he finds out that he has a son, 
who for some reason can't throw a baseball very well. I don't understand that part. You couldn't find an actor. Kid doesn't even have a speaking part. You can't get somebody to throw a baseball. <laughs> get the big cat out there with his rifle. That's right. He'll throw it all over a cornfield, right, big cat? Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of acting, uh, Bobby Savoy, not a smooth actor. No. <laughs> Can you ever figure out why Buddy Savoy was standing five feet away when he was trying to get back in the batter's box? He was just kind of lingering there. I was like, buddy, come move on, man. He looked like a kid at like a middle school dance waiting to ask the girl to dance who's never going to say yes. It was kind of awkward. Yeah, but the the, the Savoy special got it. The Savoy, the Savoy special got it done. You got to give him that. Um, one of the underrated parts of that movie was, and I'm, I'm blanking on the actor that played him, which is unforgivable. But when Bump Bailey. Uh, sees that Roy Hobbs is going to take his Michael Madsen. Thank Michael you, Madsen. Michael Madsen. Would bump Bailey, uh, Mister Mister Blonde, uh, runs through the wall uh, <laughs> and dies trying to catch the fly ball because Roy Hobbs is coming for his job. That's uh, and, and then and then they spread his ashes via airplane on the field. That's kind of strange, right? Yeah. What, one of my one of my best friends. He was a groomsman at my ill-fated wedding. Which the big cat was that, by the way? Tyler Eck, one of my best friends from Keene State College, one of my fraternity brothers. Always used to do the Bump Bailey line where he's like, what do you want from me, an apology? We're not going to get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just an all-time character. Oh, God. That's, yeah, great, great movie. So uh, that's that's Dave's number four. That takes care of my number three as well. So, Big Cat, what was your number three? Uh, my number three ha- was Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yeah. Any, anything to add on Happy Gilmore there? Oh, you you, uh, you pretty much uh, closed, closed that circle. Yeah, yeah. Just all right. I'm gonna go watch all these movies when I get home. So we're we're so my number three is the natural. Dave's number three. Go ahead. I'm gonna make the case for Rudy. I have Rudy at number three. Uh, listen, when he's sitting there and he gets his letter that says he's been uh, when he he's gained admission to the greatest college in the history of man, it is just full on from there on out. Rudy Rudiger, uh, much like Daniel Larusso, was a little creepy. Always sitting by himself at the bar, talking to himself at some sort. He's actually one of the scenes talking about Bob Glagio, who was actually one of my dad's teammates. But he's not really talking to anybody. He's like, Bob Glagio had that great catch against USC, and there's nobody really sitting there. I think we've all been in sports bars and had that one guy who's just trying to bump into the conversation and you know, yeah, pretending he's interesting and produce. So Wade will talk to him, and you know. So Rudy, as a human being, is a little off, but the movie, you got the same score, you know, the same guy who did this, the music for Hoosiers, same writer um, from Hoosiers. It's just uh, it, Angelo uh, Pizzo, by the way, is the writer. Ended up marrying the girl Mary, who was the girl that he had a crush on, who, like, really, really would not break rules, was very, very strict on rules at Notre Dame, uh, pep rallies and stuff like that. But... Uh, all-time, all-time, obviously, for Notre Dame, and just fantastic. I mean, when his father walks in and said, this is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen, just fantastic. That's why I'm going to Notre Dame next year, and Justin McIsaac's not invited. Dave, I didn't know you liked Notre Dame. Yeah, you never mentioned it, yeah. Go ahead. Your if, thoughts on Rudy? If this movie was about a kid trying to make it on the field for Michigan State, would you like it as much? Probably not. Okay, that's all. I think it's a very well done movie, though. It's uh, I got it at number three. I thought it was uh, just a fantastic. Plus, every year when I watch it, because I watch it for the season. Yes, I know you can make fun of me, but I do. <laughs> and the scene when he when his friend says Pete, who R.I.P. Pete, who blew up uh, in about twenty minutes later in the movie. But when Pete says, "Dad, it's in Mr. Rudiger, can we watch Purdue?" 
And uh, he says, we only watch Notre Dame in this house. And uh, I like sending that clip to Wade every year right before Purdue plays his first game. Here's the question I have about that. That takes care of three hours on a Saturday. Do, do they not watch any other games? Like if there's like a – if Notre Dame plays at one, I don't know, uh, you know, Alabama's playing at five, do they not watch the Alabama game? I, I, think, I think he was saying when Notre Dame is on, they don't watch anything yeah, you know, It's a little ambiguous. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but it's, that's my number three. I won't begrudge you you, you selecting uh, Rudy. That's very on brand for you. Uh, and, uh, yep. and, uh, actually, I'm surprised it's that low for you, Dave. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right. All yeah, right. I think you'll be surprised why they got number two. But anyway, I want to get the Big Cat's number two. Number two, the Big Cat. Uh, my number two is the natural. Yep. Um, you know, we talked at length about the movie, the music, the, the comeback story, the everything. Uh, a great movie. You know, it's. I love Bobby Savoy. Just the acting at the end it entertains me every time. Like the, uh, yeah, I just we cut it off pretty much. I, I, you know, I don't I don't need to to, to revisit it. I, I bump Bailey running through the wall. I'm glad they added safety measures after the 1940s to uh, prevent that from happening further. True. Um, I'm a big Joe Don Baker guy. So I'm a Robert Duvall as the, yeah. as the sports oh, yeah. writer. Yeah, Max Mercy. Uh, Kim Basinger, uh, Darren McGavin. Um, It's a great cast. Yeah, it is. It's a huge, incredible cast. So, yeah, there's not much more that really needs to be said that we didn't cover that movie. I'm a that's 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 my number two. All right, my my number two is uh, I have the Karate Kid at number two for uh, for just for uh, for historical reasons. It really. Uh, you know, it came out in '84, if I'm not mistaken. When uh, in in from that point forward, every single time Karate had a huge like run in the '80s, and I think it kind of kicked off with the Karate Kid. But uh, every single time you were pretending you were Daniel Larusa or, or or in any type of fight, uh, what were you doing? You were doing the crane kick, right? That was, I mean, that's that's kind of ubiquitous. Wax on, wax off. All the, all the things that have lived forever from that movie, I think, make it uh, a top two worthy. In, in my uh, humble opinion, but you guys kind of covered listening to "Cruel Summer" by Banana Ram. Oh my God, oh, that's yeah. yeah, that's iconic in and of itself. Um, Daniel Larusso's soccer skills kind of uh, in question. Uh, he, he can dribble a little bit on his knees, but uh, Pat Morita, uh, Pat Morita is a Hall of Famer if he never did anything else other than that movie. But uh, yeah, th- that's uh, to me, it's top two worthy. So, so quick, uh, quick aside to that because I totally agree with you. It, it's a movie I. Had- Seventh, I could easily have in the top three. It's fantastic. But uh, let's quickly, quickly uh, get through the sequels real quick. Uh, Karate Kid 2 <laughs> is when he's he has to fight Daniel son not for points, just for real life. Yeah. This is not, it's not good. It's not good. And I should never do a Japanese accent ever again. Live or die, and, man. Die. And then, Honk. then <laughs> I took my high school girlfriend, Joanna Cardinal, to the drive-in movie theater in Weir's Beach to see Karate Kid Three, which is one of the most painful. I think that was the beginning of our breakup. It was one of the most ludicrous with with the Karate's bad boy Mike Barnes was the bad guy in that movie, and it's utterly, utterly ridiculous. Daniel Sun's like twenty seven years old at that point, and he gets he a, still has no friends. Yeah, he gets an automatic bye to the finals for some reason. Yeah. A convoluted plot just to beat up Daniel LaRusa, and you have to go through this whole tournament thing and turning him into a heel through the whole movie? Why did you just attack him in an alley? How about that? They went with, like, the Superman, when, like, it's Superman 3, where he turns, like, a bad guy for, like, a couple hours or whatever, and it was utterly preposterous and ridiculous movie. 
I choose not to talk about him. I didn't. I, yeah. ne- I never saw the next Karate Kid, but uh, <laughs> with uh, with Hillary Swank, she was the next Karate Hillary Kid. Hillary Swank. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but, gonna skip that one. But yeah, and, uh, what, even if uh, even if the movie was bad, just the fact that Cobra Kai was one of the best heel stables in history. I mean, whenever we yeah. we, we still when someone's a, uh, kind of a dick, we still call him Cobra Kai to this day, Dave. Right. It's true. That's true. I think we've called a couple of basketball players uh, Cobra Kai, <laughs> but under our breath. Yes. I think there was some kid for Bishop Brady a couple of years ago where you told me, like, I think you said on air that, like, he, he's applied for membership at the Cobra Kai a week ago, and he was just uh, he was just admitted there's for membership. You, so. There's usually one kid a year. I think that was just based on his look. But there's usually one or two yeah. kids a year that look like they would be uh, they would be a Billy Zabka type, just based on their look. Oh, the, the O'Brien brother. Probably would have been in the Cobra Kai. Like both those kids, but they absolutely would have been smashing people in the Cobra Kai. All right, you're number two, right. Dave Haley. All right, so my number two movie, I think it's going to surprise you guys. I don't know if you guys, I don't think you guys have any top ten. I have Miracle at number two about the 1980 mm. U.S. hockey team beating the Russians. That is an absolutely phenomenal sports movie. Kurt, Kurt Russell is an all-time, all-time, all-time performance as Herb Brooks. Like, I'm not even being ridiculous where I say, like, he could have been nominated. Like, he's really good. And somehow, the thing about sports movies is you get guys that are good actors or, you know, they look good on screen, but they have you can tell they've never played basketball or whatever sport they're doing in their entire life. These kids actually can skate, and they're really good. They do a really good job as O'Callaghan and, and, and all the guys on that team – that was one of the great – I was too young to say that I watched that thing live or anything, but us beating the Russians, there's just no comparison. They literally had beaten NHL All-Stars like 7-3, to three, and these, this group of college kids beat them 4-3, uh, to three, and everybody who was there, Al Michaels included, says the greatest sporting event they've ever covered in their entire life. I just thought they did an unbelievable job with this movie. I wasn't expecting to like it that much, and I've rewatched it a bunch of times since. It's, it's a really good movie. Yeah, this might have been a miss for me leaving it off. I thought about it, but I think just because I knew, every, I, like I, I knew everything that and was going to happen. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really dig hockey, but it's yeah, I, you know, I probably just screwed up leaving this off my list. That's my bad. Big cat. Uh, I've never seen it. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. You'll like it. it it's yeah. really good. And that, you know, that's a miss on my part. That that it's Herb, on Netflix, I think. The Herb Brooks Perfect. speech, uh, where. Uh, oh. Nah, uh, screw them. This is your time. Forget about that. That's a great speech. Two two things I highly recommend before we get to our number ones is I recommend the movie. I believe it's on Netflix. Um, it is on Netflix. So something to watch during while we're in quarantine, hopefully for only like a week or two more. But the other thing is on YouTube, there's a great like HBO sports documentary on that team. And, like, the stuff that you look like a monkey screwing a football and all the stuff he was yelling at his players. You're, you're playing worse every day, and you're starting to play, like, the middle of next week. And they, like, wrote down all these things that Herb Brooks was, like, torturing. They all hated Herb Brooks. But he did it all on purpose. And it's really, really, really good. And uh, I would watch both of those things. Watch the movie and then watch the HBO documentary. It's, it's really good. The HBO documentary is only maybe, like, 50 minutes long. And well worth it. But you got, you got all these kids from BU and Minnesota who hated each other basically coming together. You know what I mean? And they had to, like, become friends and, like, kind of come together. It's a, it's a story. Like, you can't even make it up. And it, it was real life. Yeah. No, it's fa- it's fantastic. I screwed up leaving that off my list. My bad. So we've uh, – Now we get to number one. Yeah. 
We've reached we've reached the uh, the pinnacle here. I have a feeling I know what Dave's is going to be. Uh, yes. I have no idea what the big cats is going to be. It might be the same as Dave's. Um, my number one is Kingpin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> That's amazing. I love I love uh, I love the pick. Go ahead, big cat. There is so much to love about Kingpin. Uh, I agree. Enough bowling to make it a sports movie. There's uh, an incredible cast. Bill Murray as Bigger and McCracken is one of the greatest. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be your your uh, protagonist, but to me, he's just an anti-hero. Um, another Tangeray and Tab. Yeah, keep him coming, sweets. I got a long drive. Uh, just the quotability of the movie, the music when you know, like in the beginning when when. Uh, Roy Munson's a hotshot bowler, and he walks into the bowling alley, and um, Disco Inferno starts playing. And he just grabs a slice of pizza from the guy and takes a bite, and it's all—it's like nothing. And then years later, when he's uh, kind of kind of trash, and he does the same thing, <laughs> what are you doing? Like the, the things that tie that movie together uh, just entertain me. Um, the Farrelly brothers, when they were really, really strong, uh, just churning out hits. Um, Randy Quaid, not Dennis. I got it right this time. Randy Quaid is, is Ishmael. Um, the only time I ever liked Randy Quaid in a movie, by the way, was this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, do, I can't get enough of the movie. Qu- question for it. the big cat. Am, am I allowed to ask questions? On, and number one, it's a big one. So can I ask questions? Yeah, of course. Is this movie better with Will Ferrell playing Ishmael? No, I think Randy Quaid, like, just the right dose of, like, dumb. Like, yeah. Will Ferrell... And, and just enough in the background to let Woody Harrelson and uh, Bill Murray shine. Like I, I feel like Will Ferrell and uh, would would be been more of a uh, over a, a the character. Top. Yeah, a little over the top. Not necessarily a bad thing, but this I think I wouldn't change a single thing about this movie. McIsaac. Yeah, your this thoughts on on Kingpin. First of all, uh, a, a pre uh, Stormfront website visiting John Dennis uh, makes a, a plays a big part of this movie. Uh, yes. bef- before he went completely off the rails. Uh, yeah, a, a, as someone who has a you know a bowling background and my kid being one of the top bowlers <laughs> in the state of New Hampshire, no big deal. Uh, th- yeah, this is near and dear to the heart. Saw this in the theater. Absolutely loved it. Uh, the yeah the, the the bowling hustling scene, uh, the whole thing. It's yeah, it's it's Woody Harrelson bowling with a prosthetic hand. That that right there might have been enough. But Bill Murray is just a, a very underrated Bill Murray performance. If there's if there can be such a thing. Oh, oh the, yeah, the glass bowling ball with the rose in the middle. <laughs> I will say, when I'm sitting at margaritas with you know the boys, uh, you know, just like having beers and talking. This is maybe the most quotable movie of all time. I mean, we, this is one of those. This and Dumb and Dumber are the ones you go back. The greatest line in this movie, I absolutely positively will not repeat, so go watch the movie and you can figure it out. But the scene where he's eating with Woody Harrelson and he, he's, like, he's, like, getting them to say supplemental while he's eating, he's slurping up the cereal, and Bill Murray's like, why don't you go eat that outside? And then he says <laughs> hi to the two girls. He's like, hi. Oh. She's like, hi. He's like, not you. Hi <laughs> to the other girl. And the Fairley brothers said, like, 90% of Bill Murray's dialogue was completely improvised. Yeah. Just like they, he just he just did what he wanted. And like how he's wearing, like, the big, like, mover's back brace while he's bowling. Like His, his hair at the end, which stick his, his Tony Kornheiser comb over, is, like, sticking straight up in the air. When the song Showdown starts playing, and he, and he like, oh, man, that's one of the best. I use that gif as much as possible in text <laughs> conversation. Can you get sick drinking your own piss? I don't think so. <laughs> oh my God. It's, 
It's uh, utterly probably one of the funniest movies of all time. And, right, like, uh, hey, I think it's underrated. He's like, hey, how's life? And he's like, taking forever. I love, <laughs> I love answering somebody that just to throw him off, just like to stick him out and see how long it takes to see what I, I just said. I forgot about that line. I gotta start using that. I'm gonna use that on the radio. <laughs> when he's at the potato bar and he goes, he goes, listen, I feel bad for you. You got Munson down here. He goes, oh my god. He goes, I just said, I just used Munson to Munson. He goes, I can't wait to tell my friends. <laughs> like, <that's> great. <laughs> oh, great pick, big guy. Love it, love it. Um. See, my number one, I think I already alluded to this, uh, Major League. This is this might be one of my top ten favorite movies, period, of all time. Uh, forget about sports or comedy movies. I, I will watch, If Major League ever comes on in any form, no matter what part, I don't care if it's on TNT with 700 commercials every ten minutes, uh, time stops for me. The, uh, I mean, Willie Mays, Hayes, uh, let's see, uh, um, you know, Roger Dorn. I have, because I played for an old man baseball team called the Indians, I have a Ricky Vaughn uh, jersey uh, in my closet somewhere that I ordered from, a, again, from a, from a bootleg Chinese website. Uh, just, I, I, it, it's I, I, just phenomenal. I, I, I love this movie with all my heart. Uh, Bob Euchre. Uh, how how much worse of a movie, um, or how much uh, how much shine is off this movie without Bob Euchre? He's he's an integral part of this thing. Uh, he ties it all together for me. Yeah, he, he's been. I, I love one of my favorite lines from him is when Ricky Vaughn on opening day, the bases are loaded, and he hits the guy in the back. He goes, he goes, and drills him in the back. He goes, it's about time. It's ten nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lou Lou Brown screaming at his players when when they try to hire Lou Brown, he says. I don't know. I got someone on the other line about a set of white walls. Just all of James Gammon's performances, Lou Brown, uh, makes my 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 heart sing. Um, one of the uh, one of my favorite things at the end of this movie is uh, is is Clue Haywood, the first baseman for the Yankees. Just thinking about how he would have been torched in the New York press for screwing up that final play, where he goes to argue with the umpire over the uh, Jake Taylor beating out the bunt rather than throwing home, knowing knowing Willie Mays Hayes was going from second base. Uh, all, all- played by. Played by Cy Young winner Pete Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which you can see when he throws home a perfect throw. Uh, the parallels between uh, that final game with the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, uh, winning over the Yankees in 04, which there are a bunch of stolen base. Uh, you know, a base hit that drives in that run. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the the dominant closer on the mound, uh, the Duke, who uh, led the league in uh, nose hair and hit batsman, or, or he threw it his own kid once. When he, he sneezes, <laughs> it looks like a party favor. Yeah. <laughs> Who, by the way, in Major League Two, is the pitching coach for the Indians? I don't know if you caught that, I, Dave Haley. I did not catch that. Yeah, I did not catch that. Oh but God, I love my this favorite movie. Lou Brown. I, I won't say the swear word, but Lou Brown is like when Willie Mays Hayes catches it, like basket catches it. He goes, "Great catch, Willie! Don't ever bleep and do it again." <laughs> <laughs> Starting to come together, Pepper. Starting to come together. No, uh, just, there's not one thing I don't that. like about this movie. No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So, um, so my number one is you can. <laughs> I've, I've been pretty clear. This is my number one sports movie. It's Hoosiers. It's to me the greatest sports movie of all time. It's a perfect movie. It's like the perfect length, the characters, the whole thing. The Indiana back. It's it's based on a true. I think it was George Plump was the guy's name. That uh, it's filmed in Butler Fieldhouse, where Brad Stevens would take over years after this film. This movie came out when I was, like, in eighth or ninth grade, and we watched it before, like, a, after school, like, before, like, a big basketball game. We watched Hoosiers. It's just, I have the Hoosiers Heath Matted poster in my bedroom. 
it's uh, it's absolutely my favorite. Just per- it's a perfect movie. And the, the weird thing about this movie is that Gene Hackman thought it was going to be terrible. And there's like a trivia thing on YouTube, and there's a scene when he and Dennis Hopper are on the bench. Dennis Hopper, by the way, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this movie. And he says something, and they both laugh. And, and Gene Hackman says something to him like, this movie's going to suck. And they both are like laughing because they didn't get along with the director. And Hackman said it was one of his – Hackman, who's had like a Hall of Fame career – said it was one of his biggest regrets in movie hit in his career because he didn't take it that seriously. I also think he was great in it. Barbara Hershey is the all-time wet blanket girlfriend. I have no idea why he liked her, except that she was the only single girl within 50 miles. I guess I'll give him that. And the fact that every kid on the Hoosiers team played college basketball, except the kid who played Jimmy Chitwood, who's a golf pro. I did not know that part. Wow. He didn't. And by the way, he had to hit that shot at Butler Fieldhouse in front of everybody, and he made it. I think in the fifth try, he made it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's uh. So I, I have a few qualms of this uh, with, with with Hoosiers. I I I knew this was going to be your number one pick, and you're such a huge basketball guy. It, um, I I don't take umbrage with you picking it, but go ahead, Big Cat. What do you have to say about Hoosiers? I love Hoosiers. I think Hoosiers is a great movie. Um, the montage of Jimmy Chitwood, like. One of the reasons I left it off is because I, I knew that I, I couldn't do it justice. I wanted Dave Haley to be able to highlight Hoosiers and talk about Hoosiers. I mean, now, that's why I'm here. I mean, let me ask you this, like both of you. When he comes into the church, when they're in the town meeting, and he says, everyone, it's time I stop playing, I figure it's time, it's time I stop playing ball again, the whole place goes crazy. And Chelsea Ross says, I told you once we got rid of him, and he says, he says one thing, coach goes, I go, he stays, I stay. Or he, I think he says, coach stays, I stay, he goes, I go. It's one of the all-time sports moments ever. Wade and I love making fun of Chelsea Ross as a coach. We said, throw it up there, stop passing it, just shoot the ball, just throw it up there as quick as you can. It's an all-time sports movie. I want to hear your nitpicks on this, McIsaac. Like, I'm not taking it personally, I just want to be able to. The only nitpicks I have are, um, the, the lesson uh, here is, uh, yeah, uh, you, your team will play great as long as the best player in the state decides he's going to play for you guys because you stink before that. I mean, <laughs> and the uh, when they get to the state finals, uh, I get that they're a small school, they're you know all that. It's 1950s Indiana, right? How is yeah. how is the team with the, with the black kids on it in 1950s Indiana portrayed as not the underdog? <laughs> They were probably getting their bus was probably getting egged the whole way. There was probably like crosses being burned on the front lawn of their high school for having oh, an integrated team. How how are they not the underdogs? No, I'm just I'm just well, I, for, I just wanted to see your head explode. So you, I'm not I'm not. You gonna, obviously read Spike Lee's comments on this movie. Oh, does, does he have comments on it? I was I, I just wanted to pick. Yeah. I just wanted to pick on you a little bit. I'm not going to take umbrage with your pick here. No, I, to me it's it's the uh, I mean it's based on a, a true story and uh, to me I mean. Buddy coming back on the team. Buddy is thrown off the team in the first practice, and all of a sudden he shows up in like the fourth game, and you're like, "How did Buddy get back on the team?" And I guess they deleted the scene where he asked to come back on the team. So there was a couple of deleted scenes that kind of tie it together. But as far as just like Ollie hitting the free throw, and it's just just a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. They could have lost. They could have lost all the Barbara Hershey stuff, and it wouldn't have missed a thing. I will say that. Oh, but. no question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, no question. so there you have it. I mean, that was there. There are uh, what were uh, you got any? I mean, we've got an hour and a half here, so we don't need to make this part of it too long. But any any near misses for you guys that you uh, 
Think you should, maybe yeah. could have made the cut? Kevin, what do you got for – I had a few. What do you got for near misses, Kev? Um, you know what? I, my, I wish I had uh, watched Miracle. Um, you know, Hoosiers probably should have been on my top ten, but like I said, I wanted to save that one for Dave. That's a, yeah. that's a Dave Haley special. Um, you know, Beer Fest, I did just mostly to get a chuckle out of you guys, but I do really <laughs> like the movie. Mission accomplished. Uh, so, Wade Graham will be a huge fan of that, by the way. It's, you know, this is just like one of the most subjective things, like what what these movies mean to you. And, and, you know, like for me, like when I said any given Sunday, like where it brings me to that place in time, being 17 or 18, heading out to watch, to the movie theater in Newington, New Hampshire, getting real fired up to, to see Lawrence Taylor and the shark. <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, you know, I think we, we all bring certain diff- different things to the table, and I think we all represented, acquitted ourselves pretty well here. I, I had white man can't jump. I had four that were close. White man, I won't go too deep into them, but just to mention, white man can't jump definitely was close. Vision Quest, which is a fantastic <laughs> movie. I mean, another kid, Loudon Swain was another kid that was a lot stranger when you watch the movie today. Now that you watch it, but Vision Quest. When he's running on the bridge and uh, Journey kicks in, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic sports movie. Um, I have a League of Their Own, um, which a, is yeah. a really really good, yeah, great sports movie. But Tom Hanks is just an all time yeah. all time comedic performance. Yeah, you're killing me, Alex. You're killing me. And uh, and then I had Moneyball, which was really close. I love Moneyball, Brad Pitt. I think that's an yeah. all time movie. I can watch Moneyball. Anytime for like 20 minutes. I just think it's a great sports movie. Moneyball was close for me. Um, I thought about Rounders, but I don't know if that really counted. Um, so I just I left it off just in case. But we all – and there wouldn't have been much discussion about Rounders other than we all love it to death. I actually made Cameron – I made Cameron watch it last week, and he loved it too. So uh, Great. Uh, Raging Bull. But that's kind of like too depressing for the type of dis- well, discussion we're going to have. That's yeah. a rewatch. I mean, it's a yeah. fantastic movie, but it's – yeah. It's, 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 yeah, like you said, tough rewatch. Um, and and what, what, what was the other one I was going to mention? I, now I'm, I'm, I'm brain farting here, but, uh, oh, I never saw, uh, a lot of people are going to say Friday Night Lights, the movie. I never saw the movie, read the book. I don't know how the, the movie could be, uh, any different than the, or better than the book. The book was so good. I read the book too. Um, it was, it, it, it was close too. Yeah. That's a really good Friday Night Lights was really, really well done. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton was really good as the coach, and uh, that was close, too. I mean, there's probably 30 or 40 great sports yeah. movies, so it's hard to get them into a here, top here, I, Here's the two the two I wanted to mention, just because I, I don't want to leave them out. Uh, Eight Men Out, I just love the, I love the hell out yeah. of it because I love old baseball stuff. Yeah. And uh, Cinderella Man, but, but that's kind of – that steals yeah. – even though I, I almost said it steals a lot from Rocky, I guess Rocky steals a lot from it because it's mostly a true story. But, but that's – yeah, that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. That's it. That's our list. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it. Um, if you stuck with us for an hour and a half, first of all, shame on you. But thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing so. And uh, we'll have to. We'll have to I, think- can't, I can't wait till we put this on Twitter and all these kids yell at us for not having Coach Carter in the top ten. I can't wait for that. Well, that's that, that to come. All the kids are going to be. You mean Pete Terrier, right? Because. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Terrier trying to give uh, um, New Hampshire Chronicle a 45-minute synopsis of that movie, but they, they didn't True. make the behind-the-scenes cut. Didn't yeah, quite make it through saw. the edit. <laughs> All right, well, Big Cat, thanks for being a part of this. Hey, let's not wait another four years to do it again. <laughs> Dave Haley, uh, thank you as well. Good to, yeah, good to be on with you again, buddy. Everybody out there, stay safe, and hopefully we see everybody really soon. All right, yeah, we'll try to thanks, make this. Guys. 
trying to think of something else to do here at some point. And, uh, yeah, until then, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.